Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, episode 201. Whoa! I'm Chris, and joining me today are... Ames. Caitlin. And... Jakey! <laughs> Every time he goes last. Every time yeah. he goes last, he's punchy. <laughs> well, this week, we have finally made it to that sneaky two-parter we've oh, been uh, talking about for a while now. In Purgatory Shadow and By Inferno's Light. So, it all kicks off when... Well, it actually kicks off with some banter between the constable and Kira, which is her just still being so oblivious. But then it's interrupted by weird Cardassian transmissions. Bajoran intelligence is working on it. People on the station are working on it. But then someone's like, let's just ask Garrick. And Garrick is all like, doot, doot, doot. It's nothing. And then he's like, well, pops down. You know, he's having lunch with Julian. Or is it Goolian? Mm. I like it. And uh, Zial, and he's like, well, I'm going to go off and be a tailor. Doot, doot, doot. And then he goes to doot, doot, steal a runabout. But then there's Julian, who's all like, what are you up to, Garrick? And Garrick's like, all right, you got me. Well done. And he says that the signal, which he claimed was just an old planetary survey, was in fact a distress signal from his old mentor, (gasps) Anabrantain. He's alive! He's alive somewhere in the Gamma Quadrant. So Bashir takes Garrick to Cisco, and Cisco's like, hmm, I don't know about this. And Garrick's like, we almost have to stand. It's not just uh, Tain who could be there. There could be Romulans, and there could be any number of missing Starfleet peoples. And Cisco's like, fuck, he's got a point. So he sends Garrick and, of all people, Worf to go investigate what's going on. So they go uh, investigating. Worf is like, we are getting too close to Dominion space. I was not, I was told not to take unnecessary risks. And Garrick is like, look, haven't you ever watched Star Trek? We'll go hide in this nebula here because sensors don't work and shields don't work. They're a wonderful magical MacGuffin. And Worf is like, ugh, fine, because you brought up honor or something. And they go in and holy shit, the biggest Dominion fleet we have yet seen is just chilling in that nebula. Some Jemadar beam aboard. Garrick is like, well, I'm going to die. I better quip. And then he gets punched in the face. He's a great prisoner. He's he so really great. is. Uh, he wakes up in an internment camp with Worf where they're like, you know, welcome. You're going to be here probably for the rest of your lives. Feel free to walk about. But, you know, there's no air outside the air shield. So repente, but without mining. And they're all hanging out. And very quickly they see, uh, you know, Martok is there. And he's been forced into Jem'Hadar Fight Club. He's and, also alive! Uh, yes, he's also alive. They they kept the original alive even after his doppelganger was was kerploded. So well, They like the actor that much, so they were like, let's keep you around. Yeah. But only for one more episode. So they... Uh, so Caitlin thinks. Yes. Oh, really? Oh, shit. So they, they head back to their... their uh, Cell? Cell, thank you. Jesus. They're Cell, and they're chilling, and they're talking, and then Doors is like, oh, good, our friend is here, and oh, fuck, it's Julian! Julian in the pre-first contact uniform, mm, and Worf and Garrick are both like, oh, fuck. And uh, as always, don't go to conferences. 
Because it turns out Julian was at a burning, uh, a Burns conference. Burning Man? He was at Burning Man? He was at Burning Man. I think that's really what it was. Because who has a whole conference just about burn injuries? Like, that's a subset of a larger conference. Anyway. I don't know. There's probably, no, I believe it. There's probably lots of burn specialists. In the 24th century? Anyway. Yeah, but there's also lots of new ways to get burned on different acids and stuff. True. So, yeah, Julian was snatched from his sleep. Uh, Martok had been on a hunting expedition. So anyway, we now know that Julian on DS9 uh, has, in fact, been a changeling for over a month now. We'll discuss that later. Yes. I have thoughts. Mm. And, uh, you know, and Auburn Tain is there, and him and Garrick talk a bit, and Tain's like, you've done fucked up, and Garrick's like, Jesus Christ. But also, and Auburn Tain is dying because his ticker's giving out. You know, so meanwhile, I don't remember... I remember what happens on the station later. a lot that later. goes up in these episodes. Yeah, so like on the station, have they gotten Dukat's wind yet? Dukat's being a dick. Right, yes, Dukat has shown up. I forgot about that. Yes, I forgot he showed up before Garrick left to be all, what are you doing talking to my daughter and threatens to kill him. And Garrick's all like, she'll never forgive you. And uh, he's there to be like, oh, yes, you know, here to get my ship prepared and yada yada. Uh, hangs out. Z all to leave. Yeah, yeah. Gets all pissed off at Kira, like, you, 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 <coughs> let her become friends with Garrick to make me angry. And she's like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But like, P.S., I'm not her fucking babysitter. She's an adult. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah, so eventually, you know, they, they realize that Dominion shenanigans are afoot. Um, shenanigans? Sh- shenanigans, sorry. Uh, that, you know, there's, there's potentially a, yeah, right, because Worf does manage to get a distress signal out, and listening posts start going down to the Gamma Quadrant, so they realize, oh shit, the Dominion is probably mounting an attack, and they jump immediately to AIM's favorite plan. Yay! Collapse the wormhole. Oh, that one. The wormhole? The wormhole. And, uh, it might be warm in there, we don't know. Anyway. Ugh, probably, yuck. So they start to, you know, set up apparently some trill scientist that Jadzia gets to quip about has come up with a theoretical way to close the wormhole without killing the prophets, probably. Kira's a bit upset by this, but is like, um, yeah, I guess it's better than Bajor getting steamrolled by the Dominion. Meanwhile, Gulian makes weird faces and some sandwiches. <laughs> Gulian. Uh, and he eventually sabotages their doohickey so that not only does it not collapse the wormhole it makes it even stronger and harder to break it's like no good 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 and the fleet gets there and stares them down for a second all they've got is the defiant two runabouts and ducat's busted ass klingon bird of prey and they just sit stare at them for a minute it's like oh tense and they go see ya and head towards Cardassia, and they're like, what's going on? And then Dukat's janky asshole ship is like, wait for me! And they're like, Dukat, you can't take them alone. And Dukat's all like, oh, did I not mention? I and he him. sprouts a three-foot-wide mustache that he so just starts he twirling the fuck out of, <laughs> being like, I've been secretly negotiating with the Dominion. They've put me in charge of Cardassia, and we've joined. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, meanwhile, you know, um, Anabrintane dies, but not until having the scene we kept waiting for Picard and Wesley to have, because, oh ah. shit, Garrick is Tane's secret son. <gasps> bum, bum. Then they set Garrick to trying to modify the subspace transmitter Tane had made to contact the runabout to 
teleport them away. How they knew the runabout was intact, I do not know. We also find out through this that Garrick has some pretty bad claustrophobia. Dude, seriously. And he is Very like just bad. smack dab in claustrophobic nightmare land. Back on DS9, Gowron and a whole fleet show up, and they reestablish the Kittimer Accords. Uh, in the wormhole. Yeah, in the wormhole. And, you know, they're all getting ready to get together. They're expecting a massive invasion from the Dominion, because Dukat's called up and been like, I want that station back, Commander. Worf, meanwhile, has taken Martok's place in Jem'Hadar Fight Club, and he is just destroying everyone, like... And himself. Yeah, yeah, like, he's, I mean, there were, you know, he... Four the fact, broken ribs, big fucking deal. Yeah. How the many fact ribs that he do is, Klingons have? Yeah, oh, God. But, uh, you know, the fact that he is the Catholic Klingon really works in his favor. At some point, even Martok is like, dude, honor is satisfied. Chill. Yield. <laughs> the Vorta in charge is like, this is weird. And meanwhile, the head, Jem'Hadar, is like, shit, this guy's the best. They finally, you know, break out. You know, they, they kill a couple of Jem'Hadar with the help of some poor Breen sucker. I know. Loved that guy. I was really hoping he was going to survive so we could find out more about him. Or her. Or them. I don't know how Breen work. They don't uh, have blood. Weird. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, so Garrick gets the thing fixed. They all beam out right when the Vorta orders Worf and the head Jem'Hadar shot because Worf won't give up. And the head Jem'Hadar has too much respect for Worf now to kill him. Uh, they go back to the Alpha Quadrant and Bashir... Bash, what the hell? Bashir is like, hello, it's me! And they're like, wait, Bashir? And they realize one of their runabouts is gone on a bit of a walkabout and is plummeting towards Bajor's son with Dr. Soren's star-destroying bomb rebuilt inside, yeah, which is bit. appropriate because Siddig Elphadil is Malcolm McDowell's nephew. Nice. Uh, they zip in at the last minute with the Defiant by going into warp in a solar system, which is not a great idea. Fling the runabout and Gullion away right before the bomb explodes and all these fake signaling. It basically turns out there was no huge attack coming. It was all a distraction with fake warp signatures so they could blow up Bajor's son, Bajor, and Deep Space Nine in one fell swoop. Gal Dukat calls in to be like, well done, Commander. Next time. I have a beard to stroke and this mustache to stroke. Yeah. Head fin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was, I think that's most of the major points. Oh, and- A uh, lot of major points in these- Julian's gonna come home to find out that his doppelganger spent a lot of money on darts. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's it's very very funny because um just just this week as we were discuss as you know we were about to do these episodes, a big conversation popped up in Star Star Trek ship posting where someone asked like, okay, so when exactly does Julian switch out, and which mm. things that we see Julian do on the show is actually Julian? Yeah, and from what I can tell, or from what I can tell, uh, based on what people have said on the Memory Alpha, they think it happened right, like right at least right before Rapture, because that's when the uniforms change over. Yeah, and we see Julian in the in the internment camp in the old uniform. Yeah, I posit that I think there was a either a reference here or in a future episode where Julian says he was captured in the night while he was sleeping. You know, he said it in this one. Okay, in this one. There was a lot that happened in these episodes. Yeah. So it could have been he was kidnapped in his jammies with his bunny slippers and everything. Mm. And the Jem'Hadar just happened to have a spare uniform lying around. Mm. 
It's impossible to tell. Maybe. However, the implications of what would have happened if, you know, anything that happened since Rapture was Ghoulian, like, you have to think, like, why would the Changeling do some of these things? Well, like, like what you know, Caitlin brought up, and this is an interesting point, is that means that the Julian that was, you know, working with Odo on the Changeling baby exactly. was a Changeling. Yeah. Yeah, I brought that up, and somebody said, like, like okay, but changelings have a we-don't-harm-our-fellow-changelings cha- pact, even though they break it all the fucking time. So you'd think that Ghoulian, if he were the one, you know, trying to save the baby changeling, you'd think he'd really want to save it. Yeah, like, that's the question. Like, he may have just genuinely not been able to save it, who knows, but... You know, like, I... I the Because uh, they certainly wouldn't have wanted this baby... In Odo's hands. Literally. Or yeah, getting absorbed or the, by Odo. Yeah. Well, or the, unless, like, unless the baby was a plant as well. Yeah, like and that's Ooh, the thing like with that. the fucking Dominion. You never know with them. Like they are you just know, like so... maybe so the, the, the Ghoulian had to get onto Deep Space Nine. I love that he's Ghoulian now, by the way. Um, well, it also just keeps making me think of Julia Ghoulia from the wedding wedding singer. <laughs> <laughs> which is like it's fucking with me. So he had to get there somehow, and we know that the you know Quark bought the sick changeling from some kind of a traitor. Yep. So, I mean, it's possible that that's how Julian snuck in. Although, I guess he would have just come back. No, yeah, he would have just Julian. come back as Julian. Oh, that's all. Well, but true. they also mentioned that there was like a missing Bajoran somebody or other. So he actually snuck in as that person, right? No, I think probably Ghoulian just killed that guy to help cover his own tracks. He probably just dumped him out in the airlock. Oh. At least that was my assumption. Yeah, potentially. We also have to remember, like, the Changelings have said that they are everywhere. Yeah. yeah. There could be there more could than There could be one. tons of these guys. So the other implications are, so if we, if we lost Ghoulian before Rapture, then it's Ghoulian that does the weird, like, brain surgery on Cisco when Cisco goes bonkers. Yeah, Jesus. And also, it's Ghoulian who delivers the new O'Brien baby. But then, yeah, I don't know. I don't buy that it it was that early, because that would mean that all of those events happened in one month, which seems excessive to me. I wonder if there are star dates, because I never pay attention to the star dates. There's not a lot of captain's logs in this show, so... That's true. So probably not. Well, Kira told us that she carried the O'Brien baby for seven months. Yep. And that was last, late last season, right? And we've had, what, 16 episodes since then or something? What episodes were these? 14 and 15. But also, at some point during all that, Cassidy Yates served out her six-month sentence. Oh my god, we're gonna, like, triangulate this. Yeah, I'm sure. I wish I had thought to question this. Well, actually, who the fuck am I kidding? We finished watching this like 20 minutes ago, so we didn't really have time to. Mm-hmm. But that it's an interesting question, and I wonder, like, I wonder how much of that we could solve by like looking at the dates and information that we have. I'm sure somebody on the internet has if we dig a little. Hmm. But yeah, and no, that's, that's and that's if we trust any of these dates and numbers. So. Yeah, yeah. I trust Kira to know how long she was carrying the O'Brien baby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's been it's it's been long enough for Zial's appearance to completely change again. So she must have 
She must. She, yeah. What is the young, young Cardassians tend to molt? It seems. <laughs> and well, and when their new skin grows in, they just look completely different. Well, the uh, makeup in general was a little weird, and there was a, definitely a scene where Garrick's forehead was too smooth. Yeah, in the beginning, I was like, uh, "Like his makeup looks a little weird I thought this it, week." Yeah, I thought it was and, just me, but then Caitlin said it, and well, we noticed and, it's it's that because you know he's got the big ridge and the spoon, but he's normally got some extra like kind of like bumps between them, right? And in the early scene in Cisco's office, those are missing. So he's just oh, got the big ridge and the spoon, but oh, the forehead the is... Fuck? Yeah, like, they completely screwed that up. Well, and the other problem was Jadzia's spots were way further out than they usually are. They were, like, going down into her eyebrows, which is not usually the case. Jesus. Yeah, yeah I, I, was, so... I remember... Be, like, I, I missed so many points early in the episodes just because I was so distracted by the makeup. I commented to Jake, like, is it that they're... Uh, lighting them they're, they're under lighting them more or something because all of a sudden like everyone's under eyes you can tell are the wrong color oh yeah like especially garrick his were like super pink yeah and he had like dwarf. super like human colored eyes this, this yeah i did yeah. i did notice that too like they, i think it was it just like a they new didn't makeup get his, person who wasn't yeah they good. didn't get his his eyelids very well with the that i missed with the great yeah, i didn't see the wharf problems but like, as well yes mm. ducat also looked weird i said that too didn't i yep I felt like it was something under his nose. Like, there was something something to do with it. I, I don't know. There was a lot of makeup issues, and, like, it had to be pretty bad for me to notice, because I'm well, not the most... Well, I also wonder, though... Like... So you got, you got to consider, like, these episodes between, you know, Garrick and Worf, but then you also have all the Jem'Hadar, the other Cardassians... The Vorta. The Vorta. There's a couple of Romulans. Oh, uh, wow. Martok. You got a... L- that's a Shit lot of fucking of makeup. makeup. Um, yeah, they must have taken on extra people. That's probably why. Yeah. Still, so you have your had main helpers. person do the main actors. Yeah, you would think Ducat and Worf and uh, Garrick would get special treatment, and the rest of them you would throw to, like, who the fuck ever. Yeah, or maybe they oh. just, you know, they had so many to do that even the normal people were just Stretched. overworked and, yeah. uh, you know, didn't do as tight yeah. a job well, as Well, especially because now Martok has his new missing eye. Yeah. Mm. I was like, didn't he used to have both eyes? And Chris was like, I don't know. And he looked it up. He's like, yeah, he did. I was like, oh, yeah. well, it looks, it suits him. Looks good. That's well, he even mentioned that he he got poked out by the Jem Hadar. Well, oh, he did. Oh, I missed yeah. okay. He I, said, that, oh, this is so and so's handiwork. Ah. Uh, well, yeah, because he uh he was there for two years, and they were whipping on him the way they were whipping on Worf. I assume. One thing yeah, I don't the think actor I was joking. The actor was joking. Uh, what is it, JG? Metzler, um said like like acting with just one eye is very tricky because it means mm. he can't do any of his own stunts anymore because you don't have any depth perception oh bummer but also when he was doing something you know he did it one way in rehearsal and then you put the makeup on you do it for the show and he ran straight into a camera oh, oh no, no. <laughs> oh gosh poor fella I'm excited though that he's going to be uh, our new special whatever ops whatever on uh, Envoy, on the ship. I guess. I'm excited to see more of Martok. Yeah, there'll be he and yeah, and he's a, he's a great character. I'm really looking forward to some of the stuff we have with him. One one thing that I I think I've noticed before, but I don't know that I've ever mentioned is that Michael Dorn really does just have the best expression for like. Like the face he makes when Worf gets to go full bloodlust. 
Okay. It's just this little gleam in his eye of just just sheer like yeah, and he's so good at that. And you know, it's 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 not overdone, which is nice. Like there's just a bit of a smirk. The eyes just shift a little bit. Like it's so subtle yet so impactful and. It's just, I don't think I've ever mentioned just how good it is. I mean, he's just, he's horny for murder. He is. He is. It's also very different this episode, because normally we see literally anybody, Troy, can throw Worf across a room and beat the crap out of him. And in these episodes, like, he he beats up 50 fucking Jem'Hadar. I don't think Troy can do that normally. I do. I think she can (laughs) do that when she's, you know, possessed of an alien Creature. Okay, I think Marina Sirtis could. <laughs> oh, okay, fair. But yeah, no one, and there's no one there this time until towards the end, like, trying to stop him for once, you know? It's like, no, no, cut loose. Go for it, man. And he's like, yes! <laughs> he enjoyed this vacation more than his trip to Ryza. He really did. Ooh, he should do this all the time. Well, but I mean, also, like, the injuries were probably roughly the same, right? Because he and uh, he and Jedzia usually have some broken ribs and lacerations, so really. It's true. This is just enforcing his weird rage boner. Yeah, I don't know if I liked, because there was that, a, a couple moments of Worf and Jadzia doing their bickering thing again. Sitting in the tree. And it's like, I still can't tell if I like them as a couple. I did like his reaction, though, to her borrowing his Klingon operas. Yeah, I have a feeling Klingon operas is a little... Uh, it's porn? It's just a euphemism. Like The way he looked at her... And the way she looked at him when she took them is like, yeah, no, that's just that's just like some real nasty shit. Well, no, because it's just that she has a tendency to misplace things and he doesn't have any digital backups because that's not a thing in Star Trek. But it's still porn. Didn't I make a porn joke about them as well? I made a porn joke about something. No, I think that was that Christmas movie we were watching. No, no, that was yesterday. Yeah, I know. I don't, was it one to, I don't know. I swear, I I, well, I'm always making porn jokes. I feel like I made one about something, but maybe not. I don't know. No, it's funny. I have back-to-back notes in my notes this week that are like, like, I'm not sure if I like Worf Jedzia, dot, dot, dot. I'm not sure what I think about Garrick Zial. Oh, yeah, no, oh, I'm not into that. not into it, no. I do appreciate that he also is a little reluctant, since, again, age gap. Well, is yeah. it the age gap, or is it that he that she's Ducat's daughter? Yeah, that that's probably the biggest. Oh, for issue. me, it's the age gap. Yeah, I, I was gonna I, say, I don't whatever think... his motivation is, I'm just glad we align and like. Did you... Yeah, so Chris is not saying that Garrick thinks he has an age gap problem. Chris is saying that Chris has an age gap problem. Yeah, and so whatever it is keeping him, keeping it in his pants is fine by me. She like kissed him when he got back. That's true. Yeah. Didn't get makeup on her mouth either, so good. I was say it wasn't quite on his. It uh, wasn't quite on his mouth. It was like just the side of his mouth. Not yeah. quite less than kin and more than kind. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know about kind? them either as way. a as a couple, but I don't know. The age gap seems strange, but then again, I just go back to we don't really know how old Garrick is. No, I know. Well, and now we know that he's Tane's kid. Mm. Yeah, and I would guess that Tane and I feel like Tane is probably the oldest, and then Ducat is slightly younger than him, and then Garrick is somewhere underneath him as well. Yeah. Except there have been things to suggest that Garrick and Ducat are contemporaries. 
I mean, listen, whatever. Fuck his dad. Who cares? Like, yeah, we also, yeah, we don't know what their lifespans are. Yeah. We don't know how old any of them really are. I'm still not sure, even though it's it's a very, very beautiful scene, the deathbed scene with Tane mm. and Garrick. It's a gro- gorgeous scene. It is. I was not sure I'm, I really agree that making them related was necessary. I think it's the one thing that can maybe retroactively make some of Garrick's crazier decisions with regards to Tane make sense. Mm. Yeah. If it's like, I just want this bastard to acknowledge that he's my father already. No, no, that he's the, Garrick is the yeah, bastard. Yes, yes, Yeah, or All like right, why Garrick, to... Garrick was full on prepared to go genocide the whole founders. Yeah. Uh, when he went to go ask, like, is Tane still alive? I have to go find out. And in uh, Broken Link, one yeah, of the Yeah, she said, was all... No, he did. Sorry, Garrick. He's like, yeah. I will kill all of you! Well, there was also just like, you know, it, it kind of explains why he even, you know, did what he did with Odo when they were, you know, going to take out yeah. the, the Green oh. Um, You know, because it was, you know, we were all pissed off and being like, Jesus Christ, you know, Garrick tortured Odo, who's, you know, kind of his friend, friend Lee. Yeah. And and he only did it to get in good with the Cardassians again. But now if it makes more sense that he was also like having this deep seated need to to, you know, win his father's affections, I think that that makes makes those scenes a little more. Yeah. Yeah. And it adds nepotism into the Obsidian Order, which I think makes sense. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. So question then, has ah. Star Trek now introduced a worse father than Worf? Ooh. <laughs> I mean, an Aubertain technically spent more time with his son, but didn't acknowledge he was his son. Well, I will say this. He held his slightly less than five-year-old son's hand, and I think Worf would never do that. Yeah, true. <laughs> so I think I Worf it. is Perfect. still the worst. That's that's Perfect. true. Yeah, I mean, he took he took. Plus, he taught him a fucking trade. He didn't like. Sh- I mean, I guess like he shipped him off, but he at least still like he taught him, you know, how to spy and garden and tailor. Yeah, and exiled him. What do yeah, you think Worf did? Worf fucking exiled his kid to Earth. He was like, "Go hang out <laughs> with my fucking Earth, lame mom Russia. and dad, <laughs> like- and then go to shitty ass Klingon military school, you little bitch." Look, just saying, Worf's the worst. <laughs> at least I'm willing to bet. On its worst day, Russia's a better place to live for Alexander than Kronos. They don't live in Russia. They're from, like, Delaware or something, aren't they? What? The Roshankos? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Delaware. No. I don't know where they're from. I'd definitely rather live on Kronos than Delaware. That's Yikes. fair. Sorry to our Delaware. <laughs> no, they're, like, in, in icy Siberia. <laughs> Say that again, Jake? So they're, like, in, in icy Siberia. Oh. But, yeah, so, uh, like, the thing no, I know... there's like, no more ice in Siberia by then. Sorry, Ames. Yikes. Go ahead, hon. Sorry. Yeah, so we have the the, the beautiful deathbed thing between mm. uh, Tane and, and Garrick, which originally was bit just going to be Tane saying, you're my son or whatever, and basically, like, that would have been it. But then they think they decided, like, no, 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 let's make it this kind of backhanded admitting that you're his son. Yeah. In a way that is very fitting of the characters, because they're both duplicitous. Oh, yeah. And that was a nice little story, and they made a great moment out of it. And he let Julian be there for it, which proves how strong their love is. And yet Garrick didn't realize that it was Gullian on the station. Unless yeah, he knew all along. Mm. 
It wasn't that sweet. He was like, nope, no one's here with me. So, I mean, it was nice that he let him stay, but he also called him nothing. Well, it, I mean, it's a regular he... all I want for Christmas is you. Well, it no, seems no, sweet, but actually it's like you ain't shit, but you are he... all I want for Christmas. If he told him Julian was there, he would have made him make Julian leave. I know. I was just kidding. Yeah. Kind of also, funny. the, the Breen was napping nearby, too. Oh, yeah. Man, that's, that why, that's why the brain had to die. Chekhov's Breen. I know. Mm. Like, all episode long, I'm like, the Breen hasn't done anything, and I really want to see the Breen do something. And then suddenly the Breen did something and then died immediately. <laughs> Save the fucking day. died. Oh, yeah. That too. Like, really, just, he was the one, or they were the one, just stood up, gun, blammo, you're like, fuck, yes, go Breen, because the whole time you're like, okay, they're going to do something with this Breen, but I don't know which way they're going to go with it. Listen, the Breen has no blood. I thought he was going to be a changeling for a while. Yeah, I mean, that was, I, that, or... like or... a spy of yeah. some kind, like, just like a... he was planted there, yeah, that's it. That's just it. a fucking, not even a, just a robot with a recording device built in. <laughs> yeah, the fact that they let the um, prisoners just kind of do their own thing. Yeah. Without any kind of real supervision most of the time. Well, where else are they supposed to go? I mean, well, they're going to sneak into the walls and find oh, well. technology to, to mess with. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're, they're and then gonna... Bashir gets to be a badass when they're like, what is this prying device? And he's like, oh, <laughs> could be a self-stealing symbol or this other thing, or it could <clears throat> just go up my ass. What do I know? <laughs> Why can't it be all three? I joked that he should have said, like, oh, I see I'm building a record player. It kind of looks like a tone arm. Ah. Mm. I mean, also, though, it was found under Tane's bed, so he could just be like, I don't fucking know that weirdo Tane had it. Mm. <laughs> He's dead. I don't know what Cardassians are into. Garrick's like, yes, yeah, you he fucking does. do. Yeah, <laughs> I did well, wake enjoy... a horn. Jesus. I did enjoy when, you know, they called all the prisoners together to be like, well, Cardassians, you're all free to go. Except you, Garrick, because guess what? <laughs> we know that they fucking don't like you, bud. Gel Ducat's in charge. That that should have been one of Gel Ducat's great victories, and even that was stolen from him. Ha. What, keeping Garrick in a fucking prison forever? Yep. Well, they were going to kill him at some point. Yeah. That's true. When That's when they were looking for him in yep. the room. They were yeah, doing it to who's going to be uh, executed. Yep, Ducat was like, fucking kill him. I'm really disappointed in Ducat. Not I'm surprised. Not. I think it's great. Not surprised, but disappointed. Yeah, see, I knew this. This is something I remembered. I knew this was coming. Oh so my I've been god! I didn't. For it. I mean, obviously, I didn't know any of this shit. So this Here's was just hit after hit after hit. Fucking it's Julian the only walks way in. It can go. Fucking oh, Julian yeah. walks in. I was literally screaming. Literally, sc- literally screaming. Tane, I kind of was already starting to suspect, especially in this episode. But then Gal Dukat pulls this shit, and I was like, "What the?" F- Fuck. I think the best thing you said was, and this isn't even like the season finale. Yeah, this isn't a season finale. Yeah. They're doing this shit in the middle of season five. Normally this would be a fucking, they'd be like, oh, and by the way, Commander Cisco, I'm joining the, ch- the the Dominion. And then it would be like, see you, it's fucking, you know, Gold- King Golducott returns in season six of Deep Space Nine. <laughs> and we'd have been waiting for months. Oh my god, so much. I didn't yeah, I think, expect so much fucking action this week. Yeah, and that's why it's such a great choice, because it really, it pulls the rug out of you, because for seasons and seasons, you were like, seeing all the different layers of Dukat, and seeing him in very, like, like, very different lights, and seeing him, like, you know, he tries to, he tries to convince Ziel to, to leave the station, because he knows what's going to happen, and then she says no, and he says, well, fuck you forever then, because... 
I was just always bound to go super, super evil. Yep. Which I'm a fan of, because it makes it interesting. That was a pretty good scene, too, between her and Kira. You think my father is evil? And it's like, I mean, yes, but uh, I still don't want to say it because I like you. And you're gradually coming to realize your father's kind of the worst. He also sentenced you to death. Yep. So, yeah, I do think he's kind of evil. Just because she didn't leave. Hmm. Well, I'm going for that conversation was before the um Oh, fair enough, yeah. Before the yeah. the the Soren bomb. Man, Kira must be so pissed because you know that she was like there had to be 1% of Kira that had finally come around to being mm. like, "Oh, Golducott, not such a bad guy." I mean, he's literally Hitler, but he's only like 99.6% Hitler. She was, like, on board for less than 1%, and now he's just he's thrown it all away. All that 0.4% of trust that he managed to get with her. At the same time, she must feel kind of like, oh, good. So- oh, vindicated, for sure, and <sighs> probably wants to be the one that cuts his yucky reptilian head off. Oh, she said next time she sees him, she wants to kill him. Well, mm-hmm. she's been saying that forever. It's basically sweet nothing, so it's like foreplay from her. So speaking of reptilians... There's no reason why these fucking people should have hair. It really started to bother me today while I was <laughs> while we were watching it. I was like, Garrick and your stupid fucking haircut. You shouldn't even have hair, you big fucking lizard. Doesn't make any fucking sense. Maybe, maybe they don't, but they just wear toupees to fit in with the rest of the. I mean, that could explain why it looks species. so fucking unnatural. Like it bothered me so much. It maybe it's just because the makeup was bad, and so I was <laughs> I was just looking for nits to pick. But today especially, Garrick's hair, I was just like, it's so fucking wrong. You shouldn't even have all that fucking hair. <laughs> it was very upsetting. It's funny, too, because I don't think we've ever even seen, like, a bald Cardassian. Like, we've seen Cardassians with gray hair, but I don't think we've ever seen a Cardassian without hair. That's interesting. Maybe this they also, don't go bald. This also begs the question of, like, do they have fucking hair other places? Ooh, I'd like to find out. Well, yes, I know you would. I mean, I think, like you said, they shouldn't they have do, it at all. If so. they do, though, Goldicott's definitely the type who probably shaves his balls. I don't so know, but I mean, I don't know. I, they out. look like lizards, but I'm pretty sure they are mammals, considering that they can can cross breed with Bajorans. Yeah, right? they don't lay True. eggs or anything. Well, but they live in like the 20th century. Like they have mammaries. Been... Well, let's be fair. Lizard boobs are an unfortunate staple of science fiction and fantasy. Oh, yikes. Mm. I'm not going to fuck a dinosaur if they don't have titties. There's actually a whole, like, subsection on the TV Tropes website for, like, anthropomorphized animals or alien and fantasy species based on non-mammalian creatures, where for some reason the women still have boobs. Because teenage boys need to jerk off to something. Pretty does much. Mar- does Mares have, like, six boobs? Yikes. Technically she should, but she doesn't. She might have more than that. Well, we don't know. They could just be she's under a different her dress. Species. Yeah. She's not actually a cat. That's true. also she's a, true. She's a cation. But she does actually have two titties. But yeah, like, you know, lizard creatures, bird creatures shouldn't have uh, boobs. Excuse me. Chicken breast, okay? Ah, she got you there. Anyone who wise ass is going to say it. Of course one of us was. I'm Um, glad it was me. But yes, but they do bask on rocks, Cardassians, as we've established. They do like it hot. Yeah, so So speaking of Cardassians. Some do. 
So, you know, Cardassia is fucking falling apart. They're getting oh, yeah. their asses handed to them by the Klingons. And I know, I, and I don't know a lot about, about this, but maybe Jake can fill us in because Jake is the fount of knowledge, is that the, the writers kind of based their, their coming back into power on the Weimar Republic because they, like, rebuilt Germany very quickly. It's uh, the Weimar Va- Republic? Thank you, oh. thank you. I'm sorry, I'm not doing my best it's Chekhov or German? <laughs> Chekhov wasn't German. Well, Chekhov didn't know V's and W's. Mm. That's no, just but, what I'm saying. But really, but really, W's are pronounced like V's and in German. Yeah, yeah. So the Weimar and the v Republic is like a, it's like an almost like an F, like a foul. is what the letter is called. So it's yes. a very weird sound. Anyway, Ames, I'm sorry I interrupted you again. Oh, don't worry about it. So basically, does this mean that they're trying to do Nazi Germany again, but doing it without making everybody hate, like Hitler? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, it's sort of. I think I think Ducat is becoming a Hitler figure now because remember, like he was kind of on the outs with the government, the civilian, like the civilian government of Cardassia. That what that was the the Weimar Republic, right? It was weak. Yeah, it didn't it wasn't doing well, and now you have, uh, you know, Ducat coming in as sort of the savior of, um. Cardassia, you know, or they 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 would look at it as, oh look, you know, Ducat's here. He's going to make us strong again. We're gonna we're gonna make Cardassia great again, and we're gonna take over all of the territory that we lost. Which remember, like that's the exact same shit that Hitler was talking about. Yeah, reclaiming take, lost land, reclaiming land that yeah, they that, let's oh kick this out is the McKee. Yeah, well, in 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 Germany's case, it was oh you know we got to take back all this land that was should have been part of of Germany. You know, but it was stolen from us. Mm, by Eddington. That Dick Eddington. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it is It is pretty apropos. Of course, the idea of an external power coming in to kind of push their agenda, that's that's not part of history. No, no, well, that, that's, that's unique to this. That's when that guy with his hair would turn up and be like, alien. That's right. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe Hitler yes. did have some aliens. Oh, no. is there some, like, fiction about that like how the like one of the reasons hitler was able to consolidate power so quickly was because of aliens i don't know Ooh. but if there isn't we should you should write it i mean i don't want to write it uh, i don't want to write anything about no guys it wasn't aliens it is because he had the lance of lunginus duh uh, i don't want to hear about his lance <laughs> speaking of one ball harry you know hitler only had one ball <laughs> No, no, but speaking of Eddington and the McKee, this whole this whole idea originally came out of a so now right now in in real life in Deep Space Nine land, Eddington has been captured, he's in a brig somewhere rotting away. And the writers wanted to do a big, like, great escape allegory in which Eddington escapes. And they weren't sure if they could do that because they didn't know if audiences actually liked Eddington or not. The answer is they don't. I love Eddington. I've become a big Eddington fan all of a sudden. I I don't know how I feel about him yet, but he's definitely fascinating. Yeah, he's a lot of fun, I feel. Um, Yeah, so they cut that and basically turned it into, oh, well, let's do some kind of other prison escape and just kind of build around that and just keep throwing all these ideas at this episode. 
But speaking of, of Eddington, if, if Cisco had just waited a few weeks in his Javert oh, thing, yeah. <laughs> sounds like the Cardassians slash Dominion would have just taken care of that problem for him. Hey. Uh, it definitely sounds like the, the Maquis are about to get their uh, their asses wiped. Ugh. They don't have toilet paper in the in the Badlands. That's actually what Cassidy was bringing to them. <laughs> <laughs> Well done. Uh, so, and Jake, don't tell me because I've forgotten. I don't remember if we see Eddington again. I don't remember if he survives Deep Space Nine. But if he does, then, you know, since it seems like lately everyone and their mother is like, let's bring back this person and that person and that person and that person into one of the new Trek series. I'm just saying Ken Marshall's still alive. He could show up in Picard or whatever. Mm, I'd be you down. Go. Maybe yeah, he's come the to one think that, of it, like that. Maybe he that... set off the burn. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Could be. I'll probably say this in the future, but come to think of it, I think Eddington would have made a better choice for um, Voyager than Tom Paris, because the the hmm. it's basically the same idea. No, the problem, of course, is that Voyager's already started at this point. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, we're Eddington. By the by, I assume year you know ages ago you had said there is a character on DS9 who fills like sort of a similar role. Uh, I assume that was Eddington you were talking about. About what? About like, Ro- if, if we had had Roe. Like Ro she, she could have kind of ended up having Eddington's storyline. Uh, probably. I, I don't remember the context of saying that, but probably. Yeah, we were talking about like, you know, if she had been on, because they offered her the, the role of first officer. Oh, right, right. And you were saying like there's someone on DS9 who ends up having a similar kind of ends up defecting sort of thing. and Oh, yeah. It could yeah, have definitely. been like, so yeah, I had assumed at the time you meant Eddington, but I couldn't say it because we weren't here mm-hmm. yet. Yeah, I also think there's other places Roe could have fit in in yeah. Star Trek. Yeah, but yeah, I remember you specifically saying that, and I was like, oh, I bet he means the Krull fella, because at the time I'd forgotten his name. Good old Eddington. What Eddie. a piece of shit. Eddie, as we call him. Eddie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Things don't look too good for the Maquis, though, that's for certain. Yeah, oh, and yikes. it's not, I mean, like, the militant Maquis is one thing, but it's really all those civilians that are going to just get totally fucked. Yeah, no, they're in trouble. Yeah, and so now, so because of the efforts of uh, Gullian, <laughs> we can never do Ames's plan now. He's he's oh, he's shit. strengthened the yeah. wormhole. I know. I was the thing is, I was very conflicted when they were like, "Let's destroy the wormhole because otherwise the the, the Jem'Hadar will come and fuck up Bajor." I'm like, "Oh, but I like both those ideas." <laughs> Damn! Can <laughs> we let one? some of the Jem'Hadar through? Then blow up the wormhole. <laughs> but they were gonna they were gonna destroy Bajor. You know, they were going Gullian... to commit like just genocide. So yeah. much genocide. What is Although stopping I... any other sorry about this. Sorry, what is stopping them from just getting another bomb and trying again? Nothing. I think it was a one shot thing. Because sure. also I don't think it would have worked. Uh, I will. I think it. Yes, it would have destroyed Bajor, but I think that would have just fueled. Like, I there was. No, I don't see the strategic benefit of destroying Bajor for the. It would Dominion. also destroy Deep Space Nine, 
and the whole fleet. The whole fleet but, was. But here's the thing, though. Yeah, it wouldn't have destroyed the fleet because what? we've seen in Star Trek Generations, you can easily outrun the shockwave yeah. from that. Huh. The Enterprise did it. Well, not uh, everybody could because any like a ship. Ton. There's any Romulan ship. Ships. Come on. Every, That's you true. Just, that, you that just say, hey, there's a shockwave coming. It's going to be here in a couple of minutes. Fly the fuck away. The shockwave is not moving faster than light. No, that's mm. true. But on the other, but the, I think Ames does have a point where it's it's a much more cluttered area of space right now because you've got like three fleets there, and that's going to cause some issues. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would have definitely been chaotic, but I oh, don't yeah. think it would have destroyed the fleets. I think Bajor would have been done. I think Deep Space Nine would have been done. But I still think they would have been able to probably evacuate the station. Good if point. they started beaming people off immediately. Yeah, onto Maybe. all these ships. And then you would definitely, though, you would definitely lose at least a chunk of the fleet, I think, to just the general confusion and chaos. Especially if you're not leaving right away because you're stopping to beam people out. Like, Yeah. Yeah, like Bajor's toast. Don't yeah. bother with them. Sorry, Cloud, that we yell at every so often. You're gone. Sorry, Miles family. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> they went to Bajor. Oh, it was no. safer. Oh, shit. A lot of civilians probably did. Yeah, sorry that princess that Jake and Nog wanted to fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about her. Your stupid village. <laughs> dumb fucking border dispute they had. Jesus. Yeah. But yeah, like, but just the 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 coldness of that action. I think that's that's a big part of it. It's just the that's a message, you know. Like, if nothing else, it's like we'll just straight up blow up planets. We'll fuck yeah. solar systems. We don't care. And like, that's gotta be scary shit, you know. If that had gone off. Plus, again, that would have effectively like we don't know how many Bajorans are off planet, but I'm willing to bet not a ton. Which means that would have basically wiped out the race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably yeah, probably. That. that as just psychological warfare and terrorism would have been something. Like, that might have had some people go, Jesus Christ, should we just align with these people? They're fucking nuts. But also, I've like... i with them. Like, and most of the people, we're kind of used to that from the Dominion, you know? Like, we've seen the shit they do to an extent, but... It does really raise the stakes on Ducat to see him just be like, this is fine. Yep. You know, it brings him to a new level of evil like from what it. we've I'm seen before. It. Well, I, I also kind of wonder, though, how much he knew that that was the plan until after it happened. No, I bet you he No, he, he had to know. See, I don't know, though, just because it doesn't, it doesn't fit with what we know about Ducat that he would have been okay destroying Bajor. Because I don't think he wants to destroy Bajor. I think he wants to dominate Bajor. So I think probably way? the Dominion had this plan, like, oh, we'll blow up the, the star and destroy Bajor. And then it happened, and then they went to Ducat and say, yeah, we 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 did this thing. And, and he was like, what the fuck? And then it didn't work. Well, he definitely doesn't want them blowing up Bajor, because that's the kind of the ladies what gives him his kicks. That's true. So, there, so, I mean, there's that aspect, and then also, I don't know, I think, uh, I don't know, I, I don't think that the, the Dominion, I, I don't even think Ghoulian knew what the fuck he was doing, because 
what it would have happened at the beginning if Cisco was like, okay, yeah, Garrick, you and Gullian go to uh, go find Tane. Then, then he would have been off the station. Then he could he, just go fly into the sun. He would have been with, with Garrick. So? Gullian doesn't care about Garrick. True. I mean, he. what I mean is he wouldn't have been on Deep Space Nine Gullian, when it was time to go blow up the sun. When it came to it, would have just killed Garrick. Come back, said, we were attacked by the Jem'Hadar. I couldn't save him. Mm. Sad. And then been on the station for what he needed to do. Oh, maybe. Because I think he even offered to go along. I think he wanted to because he wanted yeah. to keep this from happening. Yo, yeah, Gullian like, plays a lot of really great hands because he's the first. He, he, he'd be great at like a game of Mafia. Oh, yeah. He's the first one when they're like, oh, my God, what the fuck's been happening with this wormhole device? That I think they said Lenara Khan was one of the people who, who built it, who was Dax's old wife. Ah. But he's the first one that says, well, clearly there's a changeling among us. And it's like, damn, because I happen to know, you know, you, you realize at the time, like, I know you are the changeling. Yeah, and the fact that shit. you're the one bringing this up means you are playing this hand and just going well, for it. Well, and once we knew it was him and he kept doing stuff like that, I joked to Chris, I was like, man... If Columbo was on board this ship, he would have known who did it immediately because <laughs> Columbo always knows that the people that are too helpful are usually the person what did the murder. It's mm-hmm. it's called in, in legal circles, that's known as the doctrine of whomever smelt it, dealt it. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, this it does... actually is a real thing, though. That's a real thing. Not smelling it and dealing it, but uh, people like certain sometimes like criminals will be overly helpful. Um, oh man did you ever see uh there was a it's like there's a video on youtube of it um there was a missing woman and um they were interviewing this this guy who was her friend and you know they're doing this interview and he's talking about how like oh yeah i was talking to police and you know i've been doing the search i've been hanging up posters going door to door trying to find her and then and you know he's being in his basement well and then they're like and they're like well well, what did you? What do you think about the body that they found in the dumpster? And he and he's like, well, uh, b- 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 body. And then he just like has this breakdown, and it it kind of looks like he's breaking down because he like, oh my god, my friend is dead. And then you find out that no, he was he was her stalker and killer. Ugh. And it's really it's really horrible. Yikes. Yeah, I'm actually uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day about. A disappearance and a murder. And, well, you know, they, they think it's just a disappearance at first. They hope it's not a murder, but... And, uh, again, like, a lot of people, like, so many people get involved in the search, you know, but there's this one sheriff's deputy who's particularly, you know, into it, doing all this extra work and this and that, and <laughs> guess who done it? Mm-hmm. Oops. Whoopsie! No. Yeah, Ghoulian, though. Yeah. So, so was he banging Garrick? Oh yeah. He okay. had to he had to keep up the uh facade Good. that he was Julian. He he made a great Bashir. Yeah. So was he supposed to be a kamikaze or do you think the defiant showing up just prevented his rescue from getting in? Unclear. I couldn't tell. Yeah, I'm guessing that they would have somehow beamed him off at the last Yeah, cuz I don't see founders as being kamikaze types. Yeah. I mean there was also there was also the poor three people that he had to kill. Yeah. On oh, that, that's true, because that now show. they are super dead. I thought he just knocked them out for a second. I was like, oh, he just knocked them out, right? Oh, no. They've he knocked them out. out and then flew them into a sun. Yeah. They they weren't getting Ouch. out of there alive. 
Whoops. I have a great note. That's when we learned that the array has been sabotaged. My first note is Eddington. <laughs> Old Eddington. It's always Eddington. It again. Another present from Eddington. Man, though, I gotta say, I gotta hand it to the actor that they got to play Changeling Julian because he really, really pulled off. I mean, I kind of a bitch. He looked exactly like him, and, and a, had the voice Alexander, and everything. Does he have a twin? Maybe. Nah. Oh, Uncanny. that's possible. I do love the like, idea, uh, that... like Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah, I do love the idea that Goulian went in to sabotage the array and was like, "What, what the hell? So, someone already XO XO Eddington." Yeah, <laughs> fabulous. We yeah, also eventually I... get a the the message from Worf saying, you know, something is impending. All this thing. Yeah. And my joke was Worf's message is just. Damn it, Garrick, over and over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, changing topics. One thing that we do get to see, and I'm a big fan of this, because the Na Visitor is awesome, is that yeah. we get to see, she's, got, she's still got a bit of baby weight on her. Yes. Or, or weight from the baby. I don't she's, know if that's the same thing. Yeah, um, it because is. Because the Visitor, like, specified, like, just let, just show me with some extra fat on, because I'm not going to lose it right away, and I don't want to. So you're going to get me a little bigger for a while. And also, get fucked. Stop fucking trying to, you know, police my body, sons yeah. of bitches. Yeah. I just per- created life. Once you give birth, you go back to your original weight. Oh, God. Well, it's the thing. Nowadays, they expect that because everybody's got personal trainers and shit. This was the 90s. I like to think people were more reasonable back then. Nope. Well, meanwhile, they um, they finally managed to switch out uh, Terry Farrell's costume with an actual sausage casing. Oh. <laughs> well, I, I mentioned that when they first did this, the exchange. Like, they clearly cut this way closer than they did her last uniform, and I feel bad for her. I feel so bad for Terry Farrell. Well, it's because like, she's now, uh, she's a sexual a sexual object for war now. Was. That's her. But, like, more so now, I feel like. Yeah, I know in a, in a while when we cover the fact that Terry Farrell is going to leave the show, you know, spoilers for everybody, but, like, one of the complaints was, like, they, like, sexed her up so much, like, she would go into the room, like, with the, you know, trying the uniform on, and fucking Berman or whoever would be like, give her bigger tits! Her tits aren't big enough! To which I'm just like, ew, gross, what the fuck? Fucking, ugh. Jesus Christ, is Rick Berman, like, actually oh, the just the second coming of Gene Roddenberry? Possibly worse. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Someday we should probably That's just dedicate gross. a whole Poor episode to, like, the crimes of Rick Berman. That'd be a great 10 forward. No, I don't want to do that, because that would just be us being very negative for a whole episode. It would be depressing, too. Ugh. But yeah, no, the I do like, like, I think this version of her uniform, uh, Kira's, is good. You know, it, it's still the sort of, like, the, the sort of the coat she's been wearing, but cut for her. Not actually having a baby anymore, but still like, yeah, it's not that awful fucking jumpsuit they had her in. Well, here's another note. We learned that um, Garrick had a riding hound. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah and I love it. That. <laughs> yeah, I want a riding hound. Love the idea that uh, yeah, throughout Cardassian history, instead of horses, it was riding hounds. That sounds great. I sort of like to imagine, like, especially since he was five years old, he had like. I don't know. Something very big and very fluffy. You know, mm. less a hound and more of a... Uh, I don't know. What's one of that dog that looks kind of like a mop? An Afghan? Sure. One of them. Or a poolie? Maybe that. I'm thinking or a of the dreadlocked one. Hmm. 
Yeah, the one that just kind of got the baits for the fish. Those are not probably words. a commodore. Mm. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I like to imagine it's something big and yeah, sheepdog. That's what I mean. The big goofy sheepdog. See, I was picturing like a wolfhound, but like you know, horse sized because humans, humanoid yeah. creatures riding it. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're, they've got to be giant. You'd hate them. Oh yeah, no, I, dear Christ, uh, I would not do well on Cardassia. What are uh, their whales like? <laughs> They've discovered a new species. There's more of them. They can fly now. They just appear crawling up your toilets. Actually, it's weird. They're bottlenosed, so they just look like extraordinarily fat dolphins. <laughs> oh, you I... know who I liked? I liked our new friend, the Jemadar first, Ikat Ika. Oh, I missed his name. Yeah, they mentioned it uh, once or twice. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they did. Um, just... And I just, one... like, I just like how much he fanboys over Worf. Yeah, yeah he's really into it. Well, at first, he's just, yeah. I mean, in general, we know the Jem'Hadar are always excited to meet a Klingon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's like, no, 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 you haven't just met a Klingon friend. You've met the Catholic Klingon. Met the Klingon. Yeah, this this is the Klingon that the other Klingon is like, dude, there is like no shame in throwing in the towel at this point. And he's like, no! Yeah, ah! the line, the line when he says like, there's no defeating Worf. Yeah. I could kill you, but that wouldn't defeat you because you're still fucking trying to stand up. Yep. And the, uh, Your was will it? cannot be broken. Deus, that Vorda. I, that, the Vorda, just every time we meet a new one, they're so interesting because they are like... They really, they, they are just a species of middle managers. And every one so far has been a different kind of middle manager, but still <laughs> recognizable as a middle manager. It's It's really... You know, there's this, this, like, we've, we sort of are in charge of the Jem'Hadar, but we hate them and they hate us, and uh, a disinterest in cultural mores, and, you know, when you look at, because what we've had, um, you know, there was this guy, there was the woman in the ship. In Wayun. Wayun. For him, there were a couple others, but I feel like it was from Wayun on where we get the really more in-depth ones, and... They're really fascinating to look at as a, as a, as a collective, because there's, you know, again, there's, we said it before, like, you know, you can't trust the Dominion in general, there's a lot of duplicity there, but again, with the, with the Vorta, they're just these weird, they don't make a lot of sense, because they are simultaneously disinterested, but also true believers, or at least afraid enough of their bosses that they're gonna run with it. It's really, I kind of love how bizarre they are. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I cared for this one's makeup, but again, the makeup just felt off all fucking episode yeah. long. Yeah, it was I also really just weird. thought this was the most boring Vorta yet. He looked right. like he was made of clay. A little, I mean, bit, a little bit. He's the Vorta that you put in charge of a prison. Yeah. yeah. Fair. Yeah, exactly. And the casual... Go ahead. The casualness with which he orders the uh, executions, though, is very on-brand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fair. Yeah, one more mention of the makeup, and I don't know if this has been consistent or if this is specific to this character, but I noticed that Zial doesn't have a chest spoon, like other Cardassian women we've seen, and I wonder oh. if it's because she's a half-breed. Did In we this talk episode, about this before? Zial's, I don't know. Zial's chest? Yeah, because I feel like we talked about chest spoons at least once before, but maybe it wasn't hers. Well, I think it was because we saw a Cardassian woman and we were like, oh, she has oh, a chest Oh, that spoon. might be it, yeah. 
Well, keep in mind that, you know, she's molted again, so. You know. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, well, that's I mean, true. she's she's barely got a head spoon, though. Hers yeah. is very, very subtle. Yeah, and her makeup is all of a sudden, like, Bajoran-colored instead of Cardassian-colored. Yeah, I was noticing that, too. She's, like, very human-colored. Oh, yeah, she was gray grayer previously, wasn't she? Mm. It's all that yeah. molting. Or mm. maybe it's because she's been out of the sun. I have, a, I have a weird quote from Ira Stephen Bear. I don't have the full quote because my book is downstairs, but basically he said, like, you know, we have a new actress portraying Zial this episode. And it's because Ira Stephen Bear, like, was a, such a big fan saying, oh, man, I wish we had done this every time we saw Zial. Just because it's something that I think you got like, to play with because it's something in the medium. Because, you know, I was a big, I saw a bunch of Bond and they were always different people, right? And I'm like, yeah, but this is a, this is a, sci-fi show it doesn't make as much sense yeah it's a it's a television series not a decades spanning film franchise i know yeah, yeah. i wasn't a fan yeah and i, mean, I, I also got the impression that with bond like it was acknowledged that it was a, or maybe not acknowledged but it was understood that it was a different guy yeah, they've never canonically acknowledged the it's a code name thing before but i think generally that's just what everyone accepts yeah, hmm. either that or there's not continuity between the bonds. Like that's the other possibility. The only th there is actually there is some attempts at continuity in the early films, which oh makes God, it kind of weird. No, no, I'm going to get into it beyond that. But, but but like but at the same time, either way, no matter what your explanation is, this is literally the same person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, there's no canonical way to explain an um, actor change. Zial is a code name. Other, <laughs> yes, other, other that would than make I mean, sense for Cardassians. I, you could kind <laughs> of take the molting. I was joking, but you could say, okay, maybe, maybe they, maybe their appearance does change drastically because there are there are species that have like different forms throughout their life cycle. Yeah. So you, you just say something like that. She's out of her pupa phase. You just yeah, justify you justify keeping the same actors for Garrick and uh, Ducat by saying it's just the younger ones. Yeah, yeah. once After they reach... a while their body finalizes. Yeah, once they oh, reach maturity actually, they stay it. the same. She was uh she's just going through the normal, you know, puberty type shit. Maybe she just has late puberty. I've heard of people having a puberty growth spurt in fucking college. Yeah. So it yeah. does happen sometimes. I still don't have pubes. Gross. Now I'm just, you know, because we never really talked about it before, but just all this talk of it, like, <laughs> I really hope when Cardassians molt, it's it's less like our lizards, where, like, you know, just one day they just kind of slough off a whole thing of skin at once, because that's nasty, and more like they Jesus. just kind of flake over the course of a few weeks. Oh, like the Skriyad. Yeah, the, say the, the, screans. the 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 great farmers. The oh, flaky oh woman. God, the flaky people, yeah. Um, that makeup was nasty. Yeah, I don't know. I think flaking is horrible, because then you just have flakes everywhere. Yeah, I, don't know. I, 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 I like the idea of the full body molt. You climb out of your skin, you can save that old skin as like a, you know, like raincoat or something. <laughs> I, oh, I just, ugh, ugh. Like, I oh. Because I'm just thinking that I saw this picture of, like, a, a lizard that was molting from the mouth back. So it looked like a slightly larger gray lizard was spitting out a smaller green lizard. <laughs> or eating one. Or that. And so now I just kind of picture, like, 
Gal Ducat just kind of picking at his lips and then just <laughs> pulling his face yes. off his yes. face and then just kind of oh, pulling you know it that's down. And, oh. Or or here's an alternative for your lizard coming out of the other lizard's mouth. It is a green lizard wearing a gray lizard hoodie that looks like himself. Well, that's actually that thing. The, the caption on the photo was, this looks like this lizard is wearing a hoodie of himself. <laughs> there you go. Uh, or maybe, you know what, maybe it's a little different. Maybe with uh, with Cardassians, they kind of, all their orifices seal up and they just sneeze and it just bursts off. Oh my mm. god. <laughs> or they fart really hard and it just goes that way. <laughs> <laughs> now see, that had been my first thought, but I thought, you know what, for AIM's sake, <laughs> I'll make it a sneeze. <laughs> I'll keep the fart joke out of it. Nope. The fart joke was inevitable. <laughs> You've known this podcast. One final thing from me. Like sunburn peel, too, where they just like Ugh. peel off large chunks of themselves. Yeah, so a couple of weeks ago, I know Jake was saying, like, why the fuck doesn't Deep Space Nine have a fleet? They yep. should have a fleet. And this episode, as all these fucking Jem'Hadar are flying out of the fucking wormhole... And you're like, oh, we've got two fucking roundabouts in the Defiant. Oh my god, so Yay. ridiculous. So ridiculous. <laughs> and then they say after, you know, after they get all the Klingon reinforcements and the Romulan reinforcements and other reinforcements are on their way, they're like, ah, yes, we're going to be the most fortified place in the in the quadrant. I'm like, finally, you idiots. I just, yeah, you know, but, I then, but then nothing happens and the, the battle gets called off. Yeah. <laughs> then they leave. Then they're done. Like, I just imagine if there ever was a huge battle outside of Bajor, you would have the Bajoran equivalent of Randy Quaid from Independence Day oh, showing no. up in their, like, battered piece of shit, like, well, I know in the movie he winds up in an F-15, but, like, this person would show up in their, like, crappy, beaten up, like, fucking crop duster spaceship being like, yee Fucking powered <laughs> by a solar sail. Yeah. Uh, that's what I want to see. Yeah, they have to fu- they have to fly their solar ship to go catch Bashir before he puts the bomb into the sun. Yeah, there we because go. it's a solar share- ship, it just keeps going farther away from the sun. <laughs> oh, <No>. damn <Dang>, it! <laughs> I did like though the the continuity of the fact that it was a bomb that involved trilithium because that I was that. Uh, huh. I missed that. Yeah, they it's trilithium and proto matter. Was probably dis- probably um, um, thinking about makeup again or something. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, because trilithium was such a big part of Soren's bomb, which he used to kerplode the suns in. So, but apparently, you know, in proto matter, as we know, is what you would use to destabilize a planet. Yep. So uh, those but, those those flavors combined, that's gonna really explode a sun. That's gonna serious kick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of the joke that's like, if at first you don't succeed, try trilithium. Hey. That's the joke. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah I guess wasn't, it is. Wasn't just... trilithium resin something that was used in the Eddington episode? Wasn't that God. one of the... That might have been a component of an explosive, yeah. I feel like there was something else where trilithium... Trilithium, basically, whenever it shows up, it's a bad idea. Yeah, don't, don't mess not with good. trilithium. Dilithium good, trilithium bad. Lithium, talk to your doctor. Yeah, exactly. Or Mud's women. Mm. Do they use lithium in Mud's women? 
Yeah, it was it was lithium until someone went. You guys know that's a real thing, you right? Know it's a real thing, and it's so like they a, just tacked dye on the front to make it a well, different thing. I was gonna thing. say because lithium is like a heavy duty antidepressant, but you can also use it for. I think it's also an element, isn't it? Am yeah, making that a pretty up? decent Nirvana it's, song. It's a heavy metal. <laughs> the thing that sucks about lithium, actually, though, is it can have nasty effects. You can get something called heavy metal poisoning from it. Oh, so lithium is tough. It's mm. tough shit. It's a good grease. I know it can be used as a. Uh... As a lubricant. Huh. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's not like straight lithium. It's some kind of uh No, I just never heard that before. Yeah, I use lithium grease on all kinds of things. Wow. This has been lithium corner. Mechanical things. Lithium is also used in batteries. That yeah, I Yeah, I knew that, yeah. Lithium ion. Um Wow. Apparently it's a it's shit to mine it. I just read an interesting article in a Nat Geo about how um, they can get it off of these certain, like, salt flats, in, especially in South America. Huh. And, like, oh, God, which country is it? Paraguay? One of the ones, might be Bolivia, um, that's just like, yep, we're going to sink all of our resources into, into extracting lithium from these salt flats because we're doing terribly economically. Oh, yeah. Wasn't Elon Musk trying to interfere with their elections because of that or something? Oh, God. That's all we need is, is, is Amer- if, uh, if Ford has taught us one thing, it's that uh, exploiting South American countries for natural resources uh, always ends well. Oh, Which yeah. Ford? The, uh, the, the Ford Motor Company. Okay. Not Gerald Ford. I was going to say, what the heck yeah. did Gerald Ford do? Yeah, it seems a little ballsy for I Gerald mean, Ford. I mean, here's, here's the thing. If his Secretary of State was still uh, Kissinger, I'm sure his administration also fucked with South America mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, but mm-hmm. no, I mean, like, it was, there's, there's famous instances of basically, not just Ford, but other American corporations. Oh, yeah. You know, going and basically setting up company towns mm-hmm. all over the world essentially but you know, the the quote-unquote developing world yes anyway we've, got, we've gotten back to discussing american horror foreign policy as we did a few weeks ago uh any more star trek before we we wrap this one up i we, demand we. more star trek i demand more eddington yay what do you demand as it relates to star trek i don't uh, nothing Really? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Yikes. You you don't you don't want it to finally be canonical that Bashir and Garrick fucked? It doesn't need to it be It already can- is. Here's the thing. It doesn't need to be canonical because I believe it. Fair. I really don't care. This is the thing. I don't understand people that get all up in arms about ca- canon. I can believe whatever the fuck I want. No, that's because true. Because in reality, it's all bullshit anyhow. Uh-huh. So yeah, I might fair, as well fair. might as well dream it however I want to dream it. So, they fuck and uh yeah that's it that's that well those are our demands star trek oh i demand more anson mount immediately that's what i demand they're 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 planning on it well i know but i said immediately (laughs) oh well you'll have to go find him (laughs) okay he's pretty active on social media really hates trump good yeah yeah imagine being like imagine being in like involved with star trek and just being like a huge piece of shit. Like Barkley. It just seems really weird. It does, me, yes. Because it's such a... Like, in all the ways that it's like, we feel like it isn't super progressive, I feel like there are 10,000 ways it is progressive. Yeah, exactly. I mean? it's, yeah. 
Like, they make missteps like anybody does, but I feel like... It's all a learning and growing process. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll continue growing next week with episode 202. Tell us more about it, Caitlin. Why, next week, we're going to talk about two great episodes. I mean, maybe, I don't know, they might suck. Dr. Bashir, I presume, and A Simple Investigation. I also heard tell we might have a special guest visitor, but you'll all just have to wait and see who that's going to be. Is it Bashir? Yep. Is I it presume. Nana? It's, it is Bashir, I presume. Say again, Jake? Is it, is it Nana? Oh, God. Ooh. Only and in my dreams. We might have a special visitor, so. If I oh, God. God. It's Damn a Nana it. visitor. Bro, real talk, I would drop dead if Nana visitor even knew that we existed. I'd just be instant. I would die. I just love her. Anyway, enough about me being a creep. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, you we have 200 other fucking episodes of Star Treks, plus we have, I don't know, what, 13 slightly off topic 10 forwards, but it's still us talking about stuff, and it's usually nerdy stuff. Usually a Star Trek adjacent type situation, but not like not always, but mo- usually. No, always. Is it always? Name one that isn't. <laughs> I guess I was just thinking of the Rocketeer, because I couldn't remember how that was related, aside from um, it being great. Because there's rockets. <laughs> well, okay, so I make my point. That's exactly why I, you know, I thought. But yeah, if you like what you heard and you want to hear those 214 or whatever episodes that we've had prior to this one, we're, uh, I mean, you found us this time, so maybe just do that again. But if you want to, like, subscribe, we're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, also... Maybe not Google Play, maybe YouTube Music. I don't really no, know. No, I, I looked it up. It's oh. uh, Google Podcasts. Oh, Google Podcasts. They have a separate app now, and we're on there. Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. There you go. Easy to remember. Holy it is. shit. I know. If Psyched. you can download a podcast with it, you can download us. That's right. That's right. Um, already talked about next week. We talked about where you can find us. Oh, Facebook. If you want to find us in different mediums, we are on Facebook. Uh, you can search for a star to steer her by. You can find us as at SSHB podcast on Twitter and Tumblr. And you can also visit our website at SSHB podcast. That's, uh, actually, what is that? That's star steer her by. This doesn't even make sense. What did we do? Star steer her by podcast.com. I mean, to be honest, you're the one that set up the emails. Whoa, though. whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Oh Let's not God. start pointing fingers. SSHB podcast. <laughs> I didn't know it was Caitlin all along. I was going to blame Chris. No, she said it's Apparently it's my fault. Wow. Well, I'm, <laughs> I am egg on my face, but sshbpodcast.com and toss salads. Don't know where that came from. Uh, <laughs> fucking Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> As a side note, we've been watching The Simpsons and Sideshow Bob shows up to be murderous awful, awfully frequently. It's mm-hmm. a lot of Kelsey Grammer. Anyway, fucking Cork was barely in this episode except to whine about how like Oh, damn it. We missed it. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, here's hoping that the Vorta, the Vorta are really into sex and gambling and food. Yes. Uh, we have no other words from Cork really this week. And actually, that was Zial who tried to help him look at the bright side of war profiteering. Right. So um, like, like they'd allow him to stay on the station. Come on. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Dead. And take their money. That's number 287. Okay. 
Goodbye. Who have we been? Caitlin. <laughs> Jake. Chris. And Aim. And I call it the Aristocrats. Hey. <laughs> nailed, the, nailed the landing. Thank you.